All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, episode 42. This is Corey uh, flying solo tonight. Uh, just remember, Down by the Bank is sponsored by Brewers Pizza, Orange Park, and Clay County's only brew pub with Pinglehead Brewing Company on site. They are located at 14B Blanding Boulevard here in Orange Park, Florida, and you can find information on them at brewerspizza.com. Plus, we retweet their stuff uh, quite a bit, so just be sure to check it out. Uh, I am recording after the 2017 draft, and we have a special guest on today. Uh, super appreciative uh, to discuss some of our newest additions to the Jags, and that is Pro Football Focus's Mike Renner. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on, Corey. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Mike is a senior analyst at Pro Football Focus and co-host of the PFF podcast, which I love. Uh, I am a podcast-aholic, and that is definitely on my giant list. And you can also follow Mike on Twitter at PFF underscore Mike. So we'll be sure to link up to everything in the podcast description. So kind of to get started um, and doing a little bit of research on you additionally before you came on, and thanks again for taking the time. Um, on your Twitter bio, you did mention that you are a fast food critic. So the most important question I can ask is Big Mac versus Whopper using statistical analysis, you know, regression analysis, which sandwich <laughs> gets a better grade and why? Here's the thing. When I do my fast food takes, I don't go, there's no analytics involved. It's purely based on feel. It's old school scouting. I, I just, you know, go based on my gut. And my gut tells me the Big Mac in this case, uh, it's, the special sauce has got something to it. It's it just, it's the differentiator. But, but I will say, the Junior Whopper versus a McDouble, I'm going Junior Whopper. But just Big Mac versus regular Whopper, I'm going to go Big Mac. I gotcha, I gotcha. Is it an abomination that they've gone with the Grand Mac and the Mac Junior? Should they have left it alone? Is that a huge PR uh, mistake? No, those are those are great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anytime they get, anytime fast food gets a little ingenuity, in, 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It gets a little something new. I'm a fan. I'm usually uh, a fan. Innovative. That's the word I was looking for. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. Well, cool. So old school scouting, uh, the opposite of Moneyball. So that's okay. We're good with that. Food's a little bit different. Um, Although I would like you guys to maybe look into statistical analysis for that. That'd be kind of interesting. Um, So if you don't mind, just kind of as a a, a sort of a primer to PFF, um, can you tell our listeners who may not be familiar with you guys just a little bit about PFF, kind of what you guys do, and uh, specifically what you do in your role as a uh, senior analyst? Yes. So our biggest thing is we sell data to the largest provider of data to NFL teams. We have 27 NFL customers. Uh, We sell Pro data and college data. The biggest, what we're known for the most is our grading system. We will grade every single player on every single play, uh, and then uh, that sums up, or you know, sort of through some formula that we've concocted, it comes to uh, a guy's overall grade for a game, and then grade for a season, and that sort of stuff. Uh, but when we sell that stuff to teams, in terms of if we collect things like the routes everyone ran on every play, the alignment of every single player on a play, what their role was, did they blitz, did they drop any coverage, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, and we'll we collect every coverage on every play. We collect a ton of different things that we sell to NFL teams. So basically anything that matters on a football field we try to collect, and that's basically what we do as a company. We now have like 50 full-time employees. Chris Collinsworth bought the company a few years back. He's the majority owner. He's not, as, not terribly hands-on, but he still does some day-to-day stuff for us. And what I do at the company is I'm in charge of, uh, one, I'm on the review team that reviews all our grades to make sure that they're correct because, you know, one person can see one thing, one person will see another, but I'm part of the 
team with uh, that will actually review them to make sure that everyone's on the same page and that they look good and we're you know, going by our handbook. And I also do a ton of our writing, podcasts, like you mentioned earlier, videos, anything like that. I have my hands in. And so that's uh, basically my role here. You do realize you're describing the most awesome job ever, correct? I mean, that sounds pretty Oh, good. I love it. No, I love it. Uh, it's definitely... I definitely wake up every day and don't hate going to work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just kind of curiosity, like what kind of got you into the, into the PFF stuff? I mean, was that the first company that you worked for in, uh, you know, doing this type of work or were you doing anything like this with previous companies or what kind of got you into it? I, it was my first job out of college. I, back in 2012, I just applied, I got it. And back then I was, I was just doing grunt work. I was just doing pure data collection. I was doing the, like where everyone lined up on every play type of thing. And then they taught me how to do the grading, taught me how to do all that sort of stuff. Yeah, like, uh, And I just learned on my own all that. I wanted to learn as much as I could about the game and that sort of thing. And so now after five years and you know, four years of doing the grading, I feel like I have a pretty good handle on all things football. So, uh, yeah, I really I was an accounting major in college and <laughs> did not want to do accounting. So uh, I'm glad with the route I took. Yeah, no, that's definitely the uh, the better route for sure. Um, nothing against our accountant listeners. You guys do good work too, but um, especially this time of the year. But uh, kind of the main thing that caught my attention, and again, just I kind of shot off a tweet on my personal account this morning on Twitter, just referencing uh, your guys' podcast because uh, a good, I think the good like first ten to twelve minutes of the podcast, um, you know, was basically your take and your co-host take on the Jags' fourth overall pick, which of course is Leonard Fournette from LSU. Um, I kind of lean towards your maybe sarcastic take that he could be a generational running back. At least that's my hope. But do you mind telling us just a little bit about why you had ranked him? Um, I think you said is your least favorite pick in the draft. Yes. So one, it comes down to, uh, I don't hate Leonard Fournette as a running back. I think he could be a good running back in the NFL. I think he has, you know, rare traits at the position. I don't. Th- I've always been down on running back as a first round sort of. Anytime you're drafting running back in the first round, just from almost everything we've seen in recent memories, says, "Hey, a running back's not going to all of a sudden give you a fantastic running game." You know, Ezekiel Elliott came in last year and you know spurred on I think the confidence that teams saw to draft a running back in the top ten this year. But Ezekiel Elliott's a rare case. He went to the ideal situation for a running back in the NFL, considering he had the top offensive line in front of him blocking. You know a season ago in Dallas. So that's not going to be the norm. I don't, there's so few running backs in the NFL or any running backs in the history of the NFL that have been able to overcome, uh, you know, average run blocking. I think run blocking is far more important to the success of a running back than the individual talent. Now, some running backs can maximize the run blocking, you know, play after play after play. Uh, some can't. I think Fournette will be able to maximize it, but I don't think he's going to overcome uh, just what I've seen in Jacksonville being a, it, they don't have a terrible offensive line, but it's in no means, you know, a top 10 offensive line at this point, just from what we've seen in the past. Maybe they, maybe they set their game up this year, but just from what we've seen, you know, AJ can, I guess they got Brandon Albert, but he didn't look like the Brandon Albert bold uh, a season ago in Miami. So there are issues up front that I would have rather they plugged there in terms of that helps you in pass protection. That helps you uh, in the run game as well. So, to waste a top five pick on a running back in a class that was fairly deep in running backs, we could on you know day three of the draft still get a starter. I, I just 
I can't get on board with that. This, this is the main takeaway. I just can't get on board with taking a running back in the top five with how much other talent there was and how many other positions you could have addressed as the Jaguars in this one. Right. Yeah, I think I uh, when I was kind of doing some research just on, I think it was your most recent mock draft, um, you only had two running backs, I think, in the first round. So you didn't even have Fournette in the first round in your recent mock draft. So you really did not have him rated as the top running back even in that position, right? No, and, and it comes down to I just don't love his vision. I don't see it translating to you know, a, a multiple varied sort of scheme once you get to the NFL. He, if you've ever seen him in college, he wants to get up to full speed immediately because it takes him a little bit to get up to full speed. But when he gets up to full speed, he's tough to tackle. So he's just sprinting at the line of scrimmage. There were times where he's on his fullback's heels, basically, trying to get to the line so that he can, you know, if there is a linebacker waiting for him, he can run that linebacker over. Basically, it's the complete opposite of someone like Le'Veon Bell. But I think once you get to the league, that puts you in situations sometimes when you're not going to have your offensive line caving in the D-line every time. Sometimes the offensive line is going to be in your lap. And so if you're running at full speed at your offensive line and, and your guard gets knocked two yards backwards, all of a sudden you're screwed. You know, you're running into the back of your guard. You're Todd Gurley last year is basically what you are. And that that's what I worry about the most is just that sort of his, the pacing of his runs. Uh, and the lack of vision that comes with that, because if you're running full speed at the line, you just have a harder time, you know, recognizing holes. So uh, I, that's my probably my biggest concern with his running style, and why I why I probably would have spent a second rounder on him and not a first rounder. Right, and a lot of people actually draw parallels to another running back on the roster right now, Chris Ivory, who has a I don't know if you would say has the same running style roughly, and didn't have a lot of success last year, and actually dealt with a lot of injuries as a result of that style. So. Uh, so that, that part of it does scare me a little bit, but um, to kind of look at something a little bit more optimistic, you had an article about three weeks ago titled 10 Draft Prospects Were Higher On Than Most, uh, which again, we'll link up to in the podcast description. And you have Blair Brown on that list, the linebacker from Ohio that we took in the fifth round. So uh, that was cool to see that for sure. So what is it about Brown that stood out to you and how do you see him contributing to the Jags this coming season? Well, first off, he was an unbelievable tackler uh, a season ago. He only had three missed tackles on something like 130 attempts. It's just unbelievable rate that we just really haven't seen uh, from a college linebacker, which that's fantastic. And uh, he was our second highest graded linebacker in all of college behind Reuben Foster, which is also, you know, pretty impressive. I get that the competition plays a little bit of a factor in that. That gives him a boost. That's why we weren't saying, you know, this guy's a first rounder, this guy's a second rounder. We're still, Hedging our bets, you know, I, I think he's probably was would have been a third rounder in my eyes uh, is where I would have valued him. But it, he has the, all the athleticism you need for the linebacker position. Just a little undersized, will get swallowed up by blocks. So I, I'd probably want him playing, you know, the weak, weak side, playing in Telvin Smith's role. But uh, I, I think he just has the coverage ability and has fantastic sort of instincts on stuff you can't teach at the linebacker position. I think he has that in spades. So. Uh, I'm just a fan of his overall game. I don't think there's uh, many holes for, you know, where he ended up going in the draft. You see usually limited linebackers athletically or guys with, you know, no sort of feel for the position. I think he has both of those things, but obviously the size issue and uh, just the level of competition plays a factor in that. So I, I still, at the end of the day, think they got the steal. 
Well, overall, just because it seems, I mean, you obviously are very knowledgeable about this process and, and the, the whole, you know, drafting, uh, evaluation and, and everything. So how do you think Tom Coughlin did in his first draft in a front office role, um, particularly in combination with Caldwell? Because a lot of people say that he's essentially the final say now. And so we're, we're still trying to figure out if this draft, it has a little bit more of his fingerprints on it than Caldwell. And if so, uh, if that is a good sign for the future or a bad sign. Yeah, I think it definitely had a lot of Tom Coughlin's fingerprints all over it. I think this was his sort of uh, tone-setting draft, similar to you know John Robinson a season ago and uh, uh, Scott McLaughlin uh, back when you know he picked Brandon Scherf uh, in the top five of the draft. Basically, even if this one feel, for the Jaguars feels a lot like that because even if you get, you know, even if Leonard Fournette is good, it's, he's still a running back that you pick in the top five. Even if Brandon Scherf was good, you still pick a guard in the top five. It's not a super valuable position in today's NFL, but it's sort of setting the tone in the fact that you want to run the ball downhill. You want teams to fear the running game and that you think that will open up your passing game. So going Fournette, number one, going Camp Robinson, number two, Definitely a tone-setting sort of draft saying we're going to be more physical up front. And then, you know, take a uh, 280-pound fullback in Marcos Williams unless you think you're going to use that guy <laughs> and be a, you know, run some uh, downhill football with a fullback. So I, I think it was definitely had Coffin's fingerprints. Like I said, it, it's a tone-setting draft. They may have been able to get more value, but now they're going to be able to implement uh, what Coughlin wants to implement, and that's obviously a power running game. Right. We actually have two fullbacks on the roster, uh, two more than we had all of last season. So that's quite a change just in itself, to be honest with you. Um, and one, one quick thing. I mean, one of the things that, you know, I guess when Sean Kahn bought the team and, you know, Gus Bradley, uh, played out his four years as head coach, um, you know, Tony Kahn had started an analytics division with the Jaguars. Do you see the, the Jags kind of going away from that with Coughlin, uh, leading the charge now? And, and does this first draft under Coughlin kind of indicate anything to you as far as what direction they're going in? Yeah, I think they're definitely moving away from the analytics to some degree. I know Tony, uh, got the job, uh, with, uh, well, full uh, on the full, soccer team yeah. that they own as well. So he's the GM there. Right. So I think he's kind of out uh, in Jacksonville or what uh, What I've heard from him. We actually went to the same high school, me and Tony Khan. So I know him a little bit. Oh, wow. Uh, and yeah, it seems like he's uh, out to some degree. Or he, you know, he's just focused on the soccer part of it. So I don't know what, who's taken over if they're, if they still have the analytics department there, but um, it definitely seems as if they're taking a different route on it at this point is what I was all say. All right. Well, you know, if Jags fans want to get more into your writing and, and sort of uh, what PFF does in general, you know, do you recommend any sort of primer material or resources to check out to kind of, to kind of get started with it? Yeah, we'll check out our podcast. I think that's a good introduction to what we like to do at uh, PFF in terms of how we approach, I guess, scouting and grading of players. And over the, over the off season, we're going to do a lot of, uh, podcasting where we uh, actually talk about how we grade and explain, you know, how we'll grade certain positions. And so I think that'll be fun. So make sure to check that out. And uh, and then obviously during the season, we'll get all our grades and whatnot uh, up on the site. So it's, uh, yeah, I'd definitely start with the podcast though. Okay. And what about your fast food takes? Where do we find that? Just on my Twitter, man. PFS <laughs> underscore Mike. I've, I've been on a diet lately trying to get ready for summertime, you know, know the struggle but it's uh <laughs> so i've been limiting the fast food but 
Taco Bell comes out with a new something, I you know, I'm gonna be first one in line to try it. Yeah, I think I don't know if you saw it yet, but I was kind of googling some fast food items of discussion, and I think uh, McDonald's apparently came out with a French fry fork. So if you uh, haven't checked that out yet, uh, definitely, and that's totally legit. Uh, that's so, yeah, definitely check that out. That'll probably be something of interest for you. Um, well, again, Mike, yeah, think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they're trying to do the Taco Bell thing with like the trendy stuff that catches people's attention to kind of, you know, shift uh-huh. gears, but it's going to catch mine. It's, I mean, it's a good gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. I think Taco Bell's, uh, been genius with their whole, uh, you know, branding and, and everything. And even Burger King, like not to get too in depth or crazy into the fast food stuff, but even Burger King, like they had some young guys, I think that took over ownership and, you know, they have the, the, what is that? Like the. Uh-huh. It's like a, the buns are completely black, and it's some kind of burger that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, yeah, not bad. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, uh, Mike, really appreciate it. Uh, again, you can check out Mike's work on Pro Football Focus on the PFF podcast for sure. Definitely subscribe to that podcast. It's awesome. Uh, they have a lot of great interactions on there, and it's very informative. I feel a hundred times smarter every time I listen to it, and. And definitely follow Mike on Twitter as well, at PFF underscore Mike. He's a great follow. So, again, Mike, thanks so much for being on. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Thank you. And, again, remember, Down by the Bank is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, pretty much all the podcast things out there. And if you are on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. And uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.